Let's open the Bible, John 20, verse, verses 11 through 21, and then Hebrews. First John, uh, the Gospel of John 20. Let's hear the precious word from God the Father. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre and sees two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at her feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She says unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus says unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing to be the gardener, says unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus says unto her, Mary. She turned herself and says unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus says unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and says unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he has so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then let's turn to Hebrews 2, verse 9. Hebrews 2, verses 9 through 18. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he may, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it becometh, became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons into, unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifies, and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me. For as much 
Then, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of an angel, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to succor them that are tempted. May God bless his infallible and precious word. I forgot the announcement. Uh, the deacon's meeting scheduled tomorrow is canceled. On Good Friday, we heard that Jesus, our Lord, commanded his spirit to his Father and gave up the ghost. Jesus suffered unspeakable hellish agony, both in body and soul, on the cross for his people in the hands of his enemies. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. Jesus was also willingly laid down his life for his sheep. God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now it is finished. And now he was resurrected. What would he go first? Would he revenge? Upon resurrection, Jesus appeared to his people and showed great love for them. My text today is John 20, verses 11 through 20. Because of expansion of my text, I add one point. My theme today is the love of the resurrected Jesus for his people. The first thought is the resurrected Jesus loves Mary Magdalene. The second, he calls his disciples brothers. Third, the resurrected Jesus gives them peace. On the third day after the crucifixion of Jesus, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb of Jesus. She found the gravestone rolled away. She ran and told Peter and John that the Lord was taken away. Simon, Peter, and John ran to the sepulcher and found napkin on the one side and the linen cloth on the other side. After the two disciples went back to their home, Mary stood outside of the tomb and wept. Her mind was occupied by the thought that they had taken away the body of her Lord. She desired to see the body of Jesus. Two angels in the tomb asked Mary, Woman, why weepest thou? And Mary continued to weep. Now Jesus stood behind Mary. This was the resurrected Jesus. Jesus. 
living Lord. This was the first appearance of the resurrected Jesus to humankind. He appeared to Mary Magdalene, who loved Jesus so much, whose heart was broken, who longed to see the body of Christ. So that she could honor Jesus one last time. The body of Jesus would decay if it lays four or more days in the tomb. God cannot allow his dear beloved son to decay. Now, the resurrected Jesus stood quietly behind Mary. He was risen. He was still meek, humble, and caring. Jesus asked Mary, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Mary seems to be ready to stop weeping if she could find the body of Jesus Christ. Mary wept sorely because her such sincere and loving desire was not met. Mary wept for missing the body. She was a devout Christian, but her desire was wrong. God's will is exactly the opposite of her desire. What Mary saw wrong and depressing was what God sees right and best. Mary might stop weeping and feel relieved if she had the body of Christ in front of her. She was a great Christian with great love for Jesus, but at the same time, she was greatly wrong. Even at the heart of the gospel. Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? Jesus gently asked. Mary was so occupied by her thought that body was missing that he, she could think nothing but that. She could not recognize the voice of Jesus, and she mistook her, mistook Jesus as the gardener. Although Mary was wrong, forgetful of the words of Jesus, and at the empty tomb continued to seek the dead body, Jesus asked, called her, by her name, Mary. This is so personal. Mary knows immediately the voice of Jesus Christ. His sheep knows his voice. Now her previous thoughts were gone, and her sorrow became amazement and joy. At the very place that she wept, she became so joyful. It is all because of the resurrected Jesus. Jesus was like a light turned on in a dark room. Darkness suddenly was gone and was replaced by the brightness, the glory of God. This is the resurrection. Jesus changed the world. Death and grief side are now very different to dear children of God. Death lost its sting. 
was empty. My dear believer, are you weeping like Mary? You love the Lord and are willing to do anything for the Lord. You expect things in certain ways, but the reality is so different. How could it be? How can things turn out like this? You love the Lord and did whatever things you can for the Lord, but you are weeping. You did not see what you desire. You wonder where God is. You think you're doing God's will. But how can things be like this? Sometimes God does not give what you desire because God has higher gospel design. The empty tomb that Mary wept over should be exactly what she should rejoice. Mary was weeping over the gospel, the glad tiding. How big mistake can a devout Christian make? We can miss the point completely when we are thinking we are godly. The affliction that we weep over could be the very thing that God may have put the gospel in. The very mess you are eager to get out could be the very place that God shows you the resurrected Jesus. The very period that you do not feel the nearness of God at all could be the exact time that God is forming Christ in you, a new life. Even if you are wishing the very opposite thing God wills for you, and you weep greatly or even bitterly, Jesus may be with you quietly, as it were. You may not be aware of him, and you may mistake him as a gardener. You may reason back with him with your concerns and disappointments. Jesus may call your name as a shepherd calls his sick sheep. You may hear his voice in a sermon, in a psalter singing, in the reading of the Bible, in your prayer, or in the conversation with another person. When you hear his voice, his word, your personal contact, you suddenly realize that God is with you. He teaches you that the very thing you desire is very opposite of God's desire. God shows you the gospel in your weeping. The mess is a tomb that you'll see the risen Christ. Jesus cares about weeping Mary and he cares about weeping you. How mistaken a Christian can be. Still, how lovingly Jesus calls his sheep by name and changes her sorrow into joy. Turn your back toward Jesus like Mary and you'll see him in the scriptures. Pray that the reason Jesus speaks to you as he spoke to weeping Mary. Fulfill your joy in him at the sight of the empty tomb. 
Rejoice in the Lord, for he is risen. Jesus made his first appearance after resurrection to the weeping Mary and showed tender love to her by calling her name. Christ Jesus also loved his disciples so much that he immediately sends Mary to convey a message. And in this message, Jesus calls his disciples, my brethren. Verse 17, my brethren. This is the first time Jesus ever directly called his disciples, my brothers. Then he said, I ascend unto my father and your father. To my God and your God. Why was this message so important why didn't Jesus just let Mary to tell that I am region? The words of Jesus are much more important than the resurrection and contains much more love for his disciples. Jesus says that these disciples you are going to are sons of God. Go to these sons of God. Let us pause here for a moment to think about being a son of God. What would be most honorable identity you can have? You can be a father or mother. You can be a supervisor or leader or Christian? Is there any identity has more dignity than the title, a son of God? If one, if someone introduce you as this is a son of God, who dares to touch you unless the Heavenly Father disciplines you by hands of man. Even one hair from you cannot fall off without command of the Heavenly Father. You have free access to the Father at any time through your elder brother, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. The title of Son of God is not mere title without reality. These sons of God are entitled to heavenly inheritance. Jesus said, I ascend unto my Father, my God and your God. My God and your God is a covenant language. God said to Abraham when he promised land of Canaan to Abraham, I will be your God. Romans 8, 17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. Jesus is the appointed heir of all things, but now he has joint heirs. And he calls them, my brethren. Jesus calls his dear disciples, 
my brothers. Understand, other says, I send to my father. Now Jesus has many brothers. And as an elder brother, he tells them that I am ascending to my father and your father. Resurrection is vitally important. But this is just a start of exhortation. He is ascending to Father. He will come to the right hand of God to receive glory. This is a glorious position of king and the high priest as seen in Psalm 110. Jesus will enjoy such glory very soon. He is ascending now. But he calls his disciples, my brothers. He has them in his heart because he will bring many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering, Hebrew 2.10. Jesus will make his brothers kings with him and inherit an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. First Peter 1.4 Boys and girls, do you remember that captain of the Lord of hosts before Joshua? It is this captain that led Israelites into the land of Canaan. And now, this Jesus was resurrected, and he was above to ascend to God. And he told his brothers he was ascending, and he was doing this and telling this for their sake. Jesus so loved disciples, he laid his life down for them as friend. Now upon resurrection, he calls them my brothers. This change into glorious state, status of God's sonship for the disciples comes after his justification. He was resurrected and alive. This shows that sins he bore on himself was paid off. Otherwise, Jesus will remain in the tomb. Now he was alive. Now he could call his brothers, disciples his brothers. Hebrew 2.11 says, For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. The very first thing Jesus conveys to disciples is to call them brothers. He has sanctified them, and they are sanctified. Now, he is not ashamed to call them my brothers. Now, they are sons of God. Now, they are entitled to all the heavenly inheritance. All the covenant promises my God, your God, has promised to, to him. Jesus was resurrected in the morning, and he could not wait or delay one minute to let Mary Magdalene to convey. Jesus has his disciples in his heart. 
and told him, told them, great news. Dear friends, do you see the heart of Jesus for his disciples? He laid down his life to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. His disciples were very sad. Jesus could not delay the great news of sonship and inheritance. In the very morning, he sent Mary. Dear believer, do you feel the preciousness of Jesus' resurrection? It is because of his resurrection he gives you the power to become the sons of God. What more valuable status or relationship can you get from God? And it is because of reason Jesus. His resurrection changed everything and your status is changed from a son of man to a son of God. Heaven is your place. Inheritance is yours. You are co-heir with Jesus. Are you sad like the disciples? Jesus reminds you here that your heavenly sonship and your possession there. And if you put your treasure there, then your heart will be there. Jesus not only asked Mary to convey such message, but also she showed his dear love to them by appearing to disciples and by giving them peace. Jesus loved Mary Magdalene. The resurrected Christ loved his disciples by calling them brothers and reminding of the heavenly inheritance. And the resurrected Jesus loved his people by giving them peace. Verse 19 says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. During these two or three days, the most significant events in human history happened within very short time. Jesus went through unspeakable agony and finished all things. Now he was resurrected. What a period for Jesus Christ. At the same time, what a difficult time for his disciples. They were scared to see bands of soldiers to arrest Jesus. The disciples ran away. Peter followed Jesus boldly, but was so fearful that he denied Jesus three times, in which the last time was with a swear. Apostle, Paul, Apostle John was with Jesus at the judgment hall of Pilate. He saw and heard the hatred of Jews toward Jesus when they cried, away with him, away with him, 
crucify him. They have followed Jesus for three years and were convinced that he was Christ, the Son of living God. Now, Messiah was gone, and their leader and head was gone. After burial of Jesus, they heard the report that Jesus was, being, was taken away from the tomb. Peter and John even went to the sepulcher, and the tomb was empty. Now, they heard another news from Mary Magdalene, that she saw the Lord, and she conveyed a message. Now, these disciples gathered together, with fear. With fear of the Jews on the one side and with confusion, turmoil in their hearts on the other side. They were like a body without a head not knowing their future. But although they feared the Jews, they still gathered. They were fearful, unrest, and sad, as we heard this morning. In such darkness, Jesus came and stood in the midst. This was a miracle. The resurrected Jesus came suddenly into them, although all the doors were shut. He came with power and with manifestation of his divinity. He moved his body quickly and freely without hindrance. Is this a ghost? Jesus showed them his hands and sighed. Ghost does not have flesh. This resurrected Jesus is true man and true God with his resurrected, crucified body. He was truly resurrected. And he stood in the midst. In this tremendous time of need of the church, the time of sadness and fear, Jesus loved his disciples and stood in the midst. Boys and girls, you may remember that whenever God says, fear not, he normally adds, region, because I am with you. Now, Jesus, upon resurrection, he came and stood among them. His presence is of vital importance. Without his resurrection, everything is dead. He is alive, and he is with them, God, Emmanuel, forever. Dear friend, are you sad and fearful? Are you sad with all things happening around you and fearful about unknown future? Were you hopeful of certain, certain things before, but now that hope was shattered? In such difficult time, you get different feedbacks, counsels, reactions, and you are confused. 
you are in chaos, as if God is not here. You are fearful, and you prefer to shut your doors and let no one in. Are you sad, confused, disappointed? Dear believer, Jesus loves you, as He loves His dear disciples, and He stands. In the midst of you, spiritually, he has no respect of persons. Romans two eleven. His heart is with you. In the time of tremendous need, either you, or your family, or church, or community. His Body is at the right hand of God, but His Spirit, He comes down, and He must be with you. Your doors may be shut, but He comes with power and divinity. No matter how shut your heart. His presence is vitally important for you. He is alive. He is with you. Nothing can separate his love. Even if his people may be very disappointed and even not expecting him at all, his love shown to disciples. It's not only to the disciples; he's telling you that he loves you and is willing to be with you in the time of need. Jesus loves his people and stood in the midst. What would he say to these sad and fearful disciples? He said, "Peace be unto you." Although "peace be unto you" could be a common greeting, but repeating of this peace in verse twenty-one reminds us that this is more than a common greeting. Twenty-one, and then said Jesus to them again. Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Peace be unto you is the message that Father sent Jesus for. Children, do you remember at the birth of Jesus Christ? Angel said, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." This peace is also what Jesus would send his disciples to preach. Paul says in Second Corinthians five twenty, "Now then we are ambassadors for Christ." As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. This peace is being reconciled to God. This peace is from the lips of reason, Christ. He was the one and only sacrifice. And the only heavenly high priest, and he is the one that accomplished this peace by offering reconciliation. And he said to his disciples, "That peace be unto you." 
peace with God. What a wonder! Wrath-deserving sinners now have peace with God. How can this be? This Lamb of God showed his hands and side. If he did not pay off one sin fully from you, he would not be standing with you. This is the glad tiding, amazing news. Jesus says to his beloved disciples, who are very sad, who have troubled heart, peace be unto you. Dear friend, is your heart unsettled from time to time when you feel that you have no peace with God? You try to be more godly so that you may find peace, but soon you find that good works or godliness, more prayers, do not offer peace for you. Peace with God is reconciliation. And this reconciliation does not come out of good works. Otherwise, Jesus' blood is shed in vain. The reconciliation comes only by the blood of Jesus. Dear friend, is your heart in turmoil? Do you see Christ speaking? Peace be unto you. You may ask, how can I receive such peace? This peace is gospel. You are like the Philippian jailer who asked Paul, what must I do to be saved? The answer was so simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is a day of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will have peace with God by the Spirit. This peace is not only peace with God, but also peace with man. Ephesians 2 talks about peace between Jews and Gentiles because of the cross. And by application, this peace can be between different groups of Christians and even between different Christian individuals. Jesus on the cross has slain the enmity or hatred, hatred, and we are reconciled to God and with each other. Jesus himself is peace, Ephesians 2 says. Jesus has just finished the one and only sacrifice as Lamb of God and as the high priest in the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. He has made partitions between the Jews and Gentiles and made peace between men. Peace is the very purpose that God the Father sent Jesus. And the disciples were sad without peace at the death of Jesus. Now, the resurrected Jesus is speaking peace 
to them. He is our peace. This peace is such a profound mystery that human eyes and human minds cannot understand. Jesus empowers his disciples by the Holy Spirit that they may understand it. Verse 22 says, And when he has said this, he breathes on them and says unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Jesus commands his disciples to demonstrate such peace and preach it. Jesus authorized the church to use the key of the kingdom to give peace to some and say no peace to another. Peace is a center message of the gospel. Jesus so loved the disciples Upon resurrection, he stood among them and he spoke peace that he just accomplished for them. Dear believers, do you have peace with God but no peace with man? Are you experiencing difficult relationship with others without peace. The resurrected Jesus is spiritually standing in our midst right now. He shows his hands and side through his word and he is speaking peace to you right now. Look at his hands and side. It is your sins and my sins that drove the nails. And we were enemies of God. Would the resurrected Jesus revenge? No. He says, peace. Be unto you. He loves you so much. He on the cross has killed enmity of you toward, toward God and also your hatred toward men. He tells you to demonstrate such peace by life and speak peace to your fellow Christians. Are you willing to do so, starting from your difficult relationship? Jesus knows that you cannot do so on your own. He breathes unto you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Are you willing to pray that the Spirit empower you to demonstrate this peace? If God so loved you and gives you peace, are you willing to love one another and give another such peace. On the resurrection day, Jesus appeared to his dear people and showed great love for them. He stood quietly behind Mary, asked her, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? He lovingly called her Mary, and Mary turned her sorrow into joy. Jesus asked Mary to send a message to his brothers, who are now sons of God. 
who are now entitled to all the covenant promises of God, which has been given to the only Son. His message to his dear disciples is that Jesus, as the elder brother, is ascending to glory, and he would bring many sons into that glory. He stood in the midst of the fearful disciples and showed them his hands and feet, uh, his hands and sight. Side. He spoke kindly to the troubled hearts. Peace be unto you. He breathed the Holy Ghost to them so that they may receive such sonship. They can cry out, Abba, Father, and they can understand this counsel of peace. The disciples saw Jesus and were glad. Jesus himself is the joy and peace. Whenever you see Jesus in the scriptures, you'll find joy and comfort and peace. In the resurrected Jesus, you as a believer, you'll find your comfort, your sonship, your inheritance, and your peace with God and with man. If you are trying to find joy and peace in circumstances or anything else from Christ, you will be weeping like Mary. You will be fearful as the disciples until you see the resurrected Christ. Until you understand that by the Holy Spirit, you are a son or a daughter of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus, risen Christ, is standing spiritually in our midst. And he says, My brother, peace be unto you. Amen. Our glorious Father of only Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank Thee for Thy amazing work of salvation. We thank Thee, the Holy Son, who did not delay even one minute to tell us thy love toward wrath worthy sinners. We pray that this Holy Spirit will lift us to heaven. Let each of us be like Moses, that God will show him the land of Canaan. That we may put our treasure, our heart, our hope in Jesus, who is in heaven now. Lord, make this Easter very special. For both believers and those friends who long to understand this peace, we pray the Holy Spirit work powerfully in us that we may receive adoptions to be called the sons of God. Jesus Christ the only Son of God, we thank Thee for sharing sonship and is willing to call us my brothers, willing to make us joint 
heirs of all things thou hast earned. We give thanks unto the Lord, for thou art good, for thy mercy endureth forever. We pray in the precious, risen Christ's name. Amen.